1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus. I'm a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the boss over at Windy City Gridiron, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester... Something happened in the Bears game yesterday. <laughs> talk about it. We're going to try to talk about it without going on too many rage rants. How
1: this is feeling? the balanced show, right? We're supposed to be calm and collected and you know, we've taken some time and, and 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 watched the game again and I just got done watching the game again and I was just as annoyed the first time.
0: Let me ask you this. How do you deal with a Bears loss now? And how does that differ than how you dealt with a Bears loss when you were younger and maybe a little bit more emotional?
1: Oh yeah. When I was younger, it was, you know, I was more hardcore fan as far as like, it, it would, it would ruin my day to a point, but now, you know, now it's like, you know, when the game ends, like I, I usually jump right into writing immediately. Like I try and get my stuff done that I have to prep the, the snap counts and stats article. I try and get that prepped as much as possible. You know, depending on what's going on, I may have to do a couple other, other articles just, you know, depending on, on who else has got things going on. So, so now it's like the game ends. I take some time to, to do some stuff on Twitter because you know the social media thing is like huge on game day. So that's like, that's a big part of the brand building. So then I go on there and then, then I write. And but you know if it's 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 a different mood. I mean, if it's a win, it's it's obviously much better. If it's a loss, it still it still puts us puts me in a bad uh, a bad state of mind for a little while.
0: I think for myself it usually would take me days to get over a bad loss when i was younger (laughs) and i mean into like college i would have some i would have issues like it would really bother me and then i started to get a little bit better and then i got to the point where when i started writing I didn't. I didn't. I purposely didn't do anything right after the game because I knew how emotional I could get. But you start to go into analysis mode, and once you start doing that, and you know that you have to craft some thoughts for public consumption, you do kind of let that emotion out quick. So for me, if it's if it's bad, I I, I don't mind going for a run or, or going to the gym or something like that, just kind of get that out, uh, and then I can kind of start really focusing on writing. But any more and I'll get a little bit mellower in my in my advanced uh, advancing age Sweet. and so I'm, I'm not quite as uh it doesn't I don't let it uh, affect me more than a couple hours later. Um yeah. but rewatching it <laughs> Boy, that was just not a lot of fun. There is not a lot of positives to talk about in this game, but we are going to try our best to try to pull out a few positives. We're going to try to do our best to talk about some of the negatives and hopefully somewhat of a constructive way. But every episode we start off with a trench tribute. So one of the guys on the offensive line or defensive line that we want to point out that we think had a good game that maybe didn't get talked about. And so um I imagine that both of us pick defensive
1: linemen yeah. this week because why don't, you know this week why don't, why, why don't you go first this week? I've been going okay. first the last couple so.
0: Sure. My my guy is Mario Edwards Jr. Nice. So, okay. Uh first game back from suspension, he gets a sack, he gets a couple of tackles. I like Mario Edwards Jr. I like rotational defensive linemen that come in and can give you a little juice, give your main guys some rest. And that's what Edwards was last year. He came off a two game suspension. Uh, I believe for uh performance enhancing drugs yeah. or something like that and so they they signed him knowing that he would he would serve the first two games um, on suspension and so the Bears obviously like him he came right back in the mix and he got a nice sack and and I, I felt really good about that uh Baker went down five times overall could have been worse could have been six or seven yeah we're gonna talk about Robert Quinn here in a little bit um, Bouncing off guy, uh, bouncing off Baker for some reason. I don't know what was happening with uh, the Baker Mayfield uh, simulation that he all of a sudden became Christian Okoye um, when when Robert Quinn was trying to hit him. But uh, I, I just I like Edwards. I think he's a he's a nice player, and I wanted to give him a little love coming coming off that suspension and, and make an impact right away. What about you?
1: Uh, you know, I actually had a couple guys picked through because I was kind of wanting to wait and see who you went with. But uh, I'm going to go Khalil Mack. You know, I just think you know he he was injured at one point in the game. You know, he looked like he was really laboring on the sideline, and he came back in and you know he gutted it out. And you know that's what he that's what he's been doing for the Bears this whole time. He's been in in, in Chicago. He's just a warrior. He had two sacks. He had two tackles, two tackles for loss. You know, there were several times I noticed that he was really setting the edge and just stretching the whole play out. And then at some point, it was either uh, Smith or uh, Alec Ogletree would come up behind him and, and actually make the tackle. But you know that was set up by the strong. Edge that was set by Khalil Mack and that's that's one thing that really doesn't it never shows up in the stat sheet you know but it's something he's always been really good at but but then of course this week he also had the flashy plays the sacks the TFL so for me my my trends tribute this week is Khalil Mack
0: yeah I actually talked about it a little bit on the Sunday morning live stream with uh, Stephen Schweiker and Sam Householder Mack you know, it doesn't get run at a lot because he is such a good run defender. But the Browns are so good at running that I thought yeah. that they wouldn't they wouldn't avoid him, that they would go at him because they felt pretty confident in what they could do. They weren't going to make their whole game plan about going away from Mac. They have five really good offensive line. I mean, you know, various degrees. But yeah, I mean, their, their tackles are good. Their guards are really good. So I wasn't surprised that they went at Mac and he performed as expected. A lot of games, you know, he's like a cover corner like a shutdown island cover corner that doesn't yeah. get thrown at. That's what he is as like a a run stopper. They just don't run at him, and so yeah, it's a good call. And then he got two sacks. One of them cleaning up for for Quinn, which is nice because last week he created a sack for Quinn, and so Quinn not being able to clean up his own sack, Mac benefited this week um, by by holding onto the ankles. I I, I don't know. Like Baker Mayfield Mayfield they they cranked up you know ninety nine on He's break squirrely. tackle. Yeah, you know that was so weird. I just. I, I wouldn't have expected him to be a guy that would would be able to do that. But all right. So that's our trench tribute. So we're going to move on quickly because we have more stuff to talk about that we want to make sure we dedicate some time to. But we're going to go to the sweet tweets. So our tweet of the week. I'll start off again. This is one by um, Bab H. Bear at Bab H. Bear. Matt Nagy is the Jared Goff of coaches good ah. enough to be competent when things are easy, but can't elevate his team time for an upgrade this off season. So I wanted to highlight this tweet so that we could just get right into it and have a conversation about Matt Nagy. I think that uh, honestly, I'm not sure he's even Jared Goff level right now. I think uh. that given the three games that he's had so far this year, he's playing at a very low level. I mean, we are talking bottom Scraping the bottom barrel of the league as as an offensive designer and play caller right now. Um, I don't know that he had a game plan for Justin Fields in Cleveland. Like people say, Oh, he had a bad game plan.
1: I don't know that he had one because I couldn't see any evidence of it. He talked about it all week that he had stuff in plan that you know he was gonna scheme things around Justin Fields, his athleticism, his his big arm. And then what did we see? The same old crap we've always seen. It was just it was so disappointing.
0: Justin Fields is a touchdown to checkdown kind of guy. He's the guy that can throw it deep, but you seem seemingly the game plan looked like it was like an RPO kind of game plan and short passes. And it looked like it was a game plan for Andy Dalton. And I just, I don't get that his game plan against the Rams with Dalton, I thought was atrocious. I mean, never, never tried to push the ball down the field. Everything was underneath. There wasn't anything creative. Um, Honestly, he didn't have much going against the Bengals either. I know we're not talking about it because they, they won the Bengals game, but that <laughs> offense didn't look good against the Bengals. Well, you got the injury, and then Fields came in. and we, He couldn't uh, adjust to that, and, and a lot of things stick out to me. I mean, I've, I've talked about a lot how I don't think that Nagy really understands how to fit. I don't think he understands how to use a running game, first of all, because yeah. he's, he's delegated that in the past. I don't think he understands how that piece fits and marries with a passing game. And I don't think that he really understands how important and effective play action is. And so those pieces and how they fit together, I don't, I don't think he shapes any of them that well, and I definitely don't think he has ever tried to figure out how they go together and how they fit together. You add that with lack of pre-snap motion, which is absolutely something that gives your quarterback information. It is something that is happening. It, you know, you watch the Packers play the Niners last night. You saw it all night. That was a right? great
1: game to see all the stuff that Matt Nagy can't
0: do. All the all the stuff that Matt, Matt Nagy should be doing, yeah. right? And then if you watch other games around the league, you see how aggressive these play callers are on fourth down, especially when you know that you are the underdog on the road and you need to make something happen. Matt Nagy did not do that. Matt Nagy decided that he was – fine with kicking a field goal inside the five yard line when he's down on the road to a superior team that is showing that he does not understand analytics he does he's he's out of his depth when it comes to understanding modern nfl in a lot of ways and i think it's tough right now to defend matt nagy in any facet and i'm i'm frustrated i, w- I would have fired him last year yeah i would have fired ryan pace last year and i have seen nothing that tells me that i was wrong in that assessment
1: yeah we actually have a uh a, a round table coming up on the site I, ken Mitchell just sent it out earlier today and it's that's the topic it's you know right now if if you were in charge of the bears do you fire matt Nagy, ryan pace and and here's a spoiler alert you know i would i mean it's you know i'm a few i, I thought they both should have been fired last year at, at the end of the season um they just didn't take a step as as a unit they convinced uh you know george to to keep him on there for whatever reason and you know, through three games, it's a lot of the same old stuff. I mean, the Justin Fields pick should have bought them time, but they're not capitalizing on the buzz because we're just not seeing the right kind of offense. And then, of course, if 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 this was an Andy Dalton game, we wouldn't be having this discussion because Andy Dalton's post to not be good. Justin Fields had has the athleticism. You know, we heard, like I said, we heard about the how they're going to scheme around what he does best, and they did nothing. Matt Nagy had had, like you said, was there a game plan? I mean, I'm sure at some point they, they all had to had to get around together and 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 pass off on this. Who is saying great job, coach? Who, who is saying it? He says that he does not want yes men in his organization. That he expects his that he wants his, to be challenged by his assistant coaches. Who the hell challenged him on that game plan? I don't think anyone did.
0: I, you remember that old Far Side cartoon? where there's a sign that says like the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> and I wonder if that's what's up in the coaching room right now, because you're, but he's fired multiple offensive coaches in the past because they weren't coming through in the run game. They weren't coming through, uh, you know, with the delegated responsibilities that he had given them. And, when I heard that, I, I was really concerned because that was the first indication. This was, you know, uh, you know, firing the offensive line coach, firing Mark Helfrich, you know, in the past because they were responsible for the run game. And I'm thinking, you're the offensive coordinator, yeah. head coach. You're the play caller. Like, how, do you not understand how a run game works? Like, and and I'm not sure he does. And I know that sounds crazy because Matt Nagy's forgot more about football than I'll ever know. Yeah. Kind of thing, I'm sure, you know, potentially. But I I wonder if he just hasn't spent enough time. Has he not studied the run game enough in his football life to understand how important that is? It, it, yeah, no, it's 2021. I understand running's not everything. Running backs don't matter, blah, blah, blah. Running the ball is still important. And yeah. it is important that it helps you pass. And, and those things go together. Ask Kyle Shanahan how important it is to develop a good run game.
1: You know the run game is important, but but so is the illusion of a run game, and that's like we talk about all the time. You don't have to run the ball; it's good to have play action. It's just right. the illusion of it, the the, the 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 guys on the line. You know the, the heads pop up real quick and they go to pass set. You know it's a pass set, but a well coached play action pass. Those guys are disguising it from the O line to the backs to the quarterback, everyone. And like you said, that's just something that the Bears don't want to do. Now, that's crazy. What's your tweet? My tweet is from El Jefe, El Jefe2 Loom is where he's at. And and he said, true story, I sent George, talking about McCaskey here, a gift at Hal's Hall today. Amazon said it'll be there by six, so I'm sure it's already there. It's it's there now. Uh, (laughs) My note to George says, this is for when you want to tell everyone why Nagy's still the coach and Pace is still the GM. And El Jefe sent him a manure spreader. And I really hope this is true that there's actually a manure spreader sitting right there at, 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 at the gates to house Hall. That would be outstanding if that's that's real true here.
0: I saw it, that tweet. I, I, I laughed. You know,
1: George got to go too, right?
0: Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's not he's going anywhere. Sh- chairman but, of the board. What does he? Think-
1: what, what, what does he add to the franchise?
0: Well, he doesn't add anything. I, I mean, seems like a nice guy, but I got to tell you, that's not really doing much here. That doesn't add much in currency to, to the NFL. Uh, he's the chairman of the board. There are plenty of other people that are part owners of that team that could serve in that role. And I'm sure that he wanted to bring home a championship yeah. before he passed it on. And I know that there's a lot of talk about him wanting to to try to win a championship for his mom before, yep. you know, she passes away, which, you know, we're all going to do eventually. Right. But like, you know, she's 90, 90 years old or something yeah. like that. Right. So, I mean, I get it, but um, that, you know, those are emotional decisions and that's mm-hmm. how you make a bad decision, like keeping Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy around. And, and I think that at some point, yeah, somebody on the board is going to have to say, you know, we appreciate what you've done for the organization. We think it's time for us to now move on with this change in GM and coach. We want to bring on a new chairman. And, and so, yes, I do think that actually he needs to go. I, yeah. I, and I, I'm not someone who's like, fire the owner, because how no, do yeah. you do that? But I do think that it's time for a change in the chairmanship.
1: I was very critical of the whole regime, you know. Last off season, I just—I mean, if you have to bring in a guy like Ernie Acorsi to tell you what to how to do your job, I, that's just wrong. I mean, if it's you don't know what you're time. doing, you don't know what you're doing. Then you know what? It's time for you to step away and say, you know what? I'm going to hire someone in. Here's the keys to the franchise. You know, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm still the chairman. It's—it's—you it's, know, it's still my gig. But, but as far as the football stuff, you know, you are now the guy. And it's not Ryan Pace and it's not Ted Phillips, but this is the new guy hands off it's your show fire keep whatever you got to do do it all because george McCaskey has to realize he doesn't know what he's doing at this in, in this job
0: Yeah, after that happened, I wrote a long poem and published that. To I remember remember that. Yeah, (laughs) it's my my interpretation of the. We're all
1: about creativity at WCG.
0: You know, know, I I'm sure that that poem was good enough to get published in a high school poetry book, but you know, probably not much else. You know, rhyming rhyming uh, couplets is is the only thing I can do. (laughs) Don't ask me for iambic pentameter. But all right, tweets are done. Let's get up. Let's get caught up in the numbers game. Stat of the week. My stat of the week, one. I know. One (laughs) for number one. This is one net yard of passing. So Justin Fields was six of 20 for 68 yards. He took nine sacks, which is. Oh boy, um, you're probably still working on Sackwatch watch article. I right? haven't even started. I just yeah, kind of I, I,
1: I was lot. looking at it today and I'm like, you know, I was telling I was, I was telling uh, uh Robert, just making the gifts alone it'll to take me like a couple hours to go through it all and just you know chop it up. It was like it's gonna be a rough one this week. Yeah, that's
0: a marathon. So he took nine sacks for 67 yards of lost yardage. So 68 yards of passing minus 67 yards of lost yardage on sacks equals one. One yard. It's like the Bob Euchre moment from major league. One hit, one goddamn hit, like (laughs) (laughs) what's going on around here? Like that, that is bad. And as I looked more and more, um, in my lifetime, this is the worst offensive output, uh, 1981, they had, uh, fewer yards. It was 13 degrees. It was against uh, the lions. It was a terrible day. Okay. Um, Who was the
1: quarterback back then? You was you, like it was like uh, Bob Vince Aveline Evans, Evans Okay, hit.
0: and then it was actually two quarterbacks, uh, and they both had a 0.0, 0 rating. Wow. That's how bad they were. So uh, yeah, that was obviously a bad day in 1981. This this is the worst since then. Um, I I thought I read something about it being one of the worst days in like of any NFL team in like modern football history, like in the, this century.
1: That's I mean, a record the Bears deserve right there.
0: I mean, it, you know, yeah. but, but, here, yes. But here's the thing is that we have seen, you know, Craig Krenzel under center. We have seen, you know, Moses Moreno. Like, we have seen some random guys that, like, probably don't deserve to be starting quarterbacks in the NFL. No offense to those guys, but we have seen some terrible quarterbacks take the helm of terrible offenses. And yes, the Browns defense is good like and they came together. I you know, I've watched both their games you know, in prep before that this game. They they weren't quite all there, but they have a ton of talent and you could tell that they were getting closer. I'm not surprised that they looked as good as they looked. But this is terrible. I mean, you've played good defenses before. This yeah. is atrocious and it really goes back to just everybody being terrible. There just wasn't a lot of guy you go, well, he was pretty good. No, everybody everybody was terrible.
1: The whole offense was just uh, you know, awful. Top to bottom, there's no, no redeeming qualities. Nothing good to take out of the offense. You know there were, you know I, I mean to talk about the quarterback. I mean there were some misplays from Justin Fields out there too. Some of the, some yeah. of those sacks were on him. You know he made some mistakes. There were some some uh, read options I thought he should have kept because the the DN crashed down on 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 the running back and he handed it off for some reason, which made me think maybe that was. Design, maybe the coaches hold him, you know, don't keep those. I'm not sure, but those look like no-brainers to me. that there's a couple at least in the first half that he should have kept, and there was no one on the outside. So no one had a good game.
0: No, uh, even little things like there was a play where uh he threw it to Goodwin and Goodwin, but Goodwin stopped on the stopped comeback.
1: Coming back, yeah. And
0: it's like help your guy out, right? And but then if you look at it again, I'm not sure if this is why Goodwin stopped. I mean, I don't think it excuses him. But there were two guys in the area, and in the commit and Graham. And you watch the route like Graham's running this big long route, like no business running that route from Jimmy Graham. And then Comet <laughs> is like turning up the field. Like it, there's no way there should have been three receivers all side of there. So you get this clumping of wide receivers or pass catchers. That's not good. Like you use the field, you know, just geometry wise, you want to have you want to take advantage of space. You don't want this clumping of of receivers. There's just nothing that was working. That goes back to coaching. That goes back to scheme. These players have to take some responsibility of this. I mean, it's everybody involved, but it was bad. Like Did you see that
1: Jets tweet earlier today?
0: But did they brag about doing better than the Bears?
1: No, it was, it was, it was, it was a, uh, you, you talk about the clumping of the, of the, of the pass patterns. Hmm. The Jets had trips to the right and all three guys ran in routes. And it was like, the, it's, it, it's comical to look at. It's, it's like a clown car thing, but it's, that's the Jets. And that's, you know, that's what I thought of. That's, that's a Matt Nagy staple. You know, you know, guys in the wrong place. I'm not sure if it's, if it's the, that's how they're coached, but that's where yeah. they end up. So. If you,
0: if you, uh, just a quick digression, we'll get to yours. But, um, Bruce Arians, I read his book, it's very interesting. Uh, you should read it if you know, a quarterback whisper. And he talks about how much geometry, you know, he uses in his play calls, right? And so he's trying to put maximum stress on the secondary with how far away nice. these guys are, and to so give his quarterback space to throw the ball to give his wide receivers space to like break off and make moves whatever right and and so i you know you you read something like that you're like oh yeah that makes sense yeah and and so then you start seeing it you start seeing it in his office his offense is very different than what Nagy runs right Niggy runs you know read offense arians is you know downfield type type attacking but you know those geometry is free Anybody can use geometry, right? Like this is not something that like Bruce Arians like figured out geometry and he just owns the patent rights on it. You can use these things regardless of what play calling system you have, regardless of what type of offensive approach you have. And it just doesn't come through. There's no excuse for that kind of clumping and not coming back to the ball and all that stuff. But we keep seeing it and that's not helping your guy out.
1: You know, this is what's so maddening is is Matt Nagy essentially runs a version of the West Coast offense. You know, and if you trace its roots all the way to Bill Walsh, you know, when he created it, he created the West Coast offense because he he not only wanted to, to stretch a defense vertically, but also horizontally. He wanted to use the entire field. And Matt Nagy is just not doing that. He's he's running a lot of curls, you know, but you know, but he's not running enough drags. He's not he's not putting stress on the flats, he's not doing it enough to where you actually see a Compton offense. And you know, like like you said, we, we've we've you know I've made a lot of excuses for Nagy through the years because I want to wait and see him. You know, w- with his guy, and and I said when the season started, I go, "This is his put up or shut up year. He either does does it now or he's gone." And and he can't, he's not doing it through three weeks. So, oh.
0: no, it's like three strikes and you're out. It's it's yeah. tough, to, it's tough to keep going. But what about
1: your stat? My my, my numbers this week is uh, you had one. I, I'm going to go with two, and uh, and uh, it's the Bears. Out of all their dropbacks, there were 30 of them, they called two max protects. Mm-hmm. They had two designed rollouts and two designed quarterback runs. I got these stats from uh, ESPN's Paul Hemberhetics. Uh, I know I butchered his name, at Paul Hembo. You know, but it's just, it's, again, we've talked about the game plan. You know, you cannot expect Justin Fields to face that defense with no max protect you know th- there should have always been a tight end and a, and a running back at all times and their rule every play should have been check release pass protect first have at least you know s- six or seven you know i i would have max protected the hell out of this game because you know those guys were killing it and the bears didn't do it there was no adjustment i think the first the first four drives weren't their sacks and at some point mad Negus said should say hey nothing's working, you know, let's, let's max protect, you know, the plan, whatever it was, wasn't working. They didn't do it. So for me, number two is just, uh, it's just awful, awful this week.
0: Yeah. And let's talk about Jason Peters against Miles Garrett. Now Jason Peters, again, great player. I trans tribute last week over his career. He's 39 years old. He's not in the physical condition and at the athletic peak to be able to take on, Miles Garrett, who is in his prime, who could very well win defensive player of the year, certainly after yesterday, he's <sighs> in that position. And he's not he's not going to be able to do that one on one. He is no. not going to be able to handle a guy like Garrett all game. And the, uh, the other side has Jadavian Clowney, who isn't what his draft pedigree said he was, but he still knows how it's to get out the quarterback. Yeah. He's good. Right. And so it's it was hubris. To allow Jason Peters and Jermaine Fetty to try and take these guys on one on one, that's that's what it is. It's Hubers.
1: Miles Garrett talked about in Week Two game against the Texans that he's never been chipped so much in his life, and then after this game, he remarked that he don't think he was chipped once. And I and I even watched it as intently as I should have, but I don't cannot recall him being chipped once in this entire game. And the Texans,
0: the Texans are the, the team type. that everybody's like, they're not gonna win a game, yeah. they're terrible, you know, they've got all the drama that you know, Bill Bill O'Brien and the whatever's going on there, and they've bankrupt that team, they have no talent, right? The Texans knew enough to try to do something to slow down Miles Garrett, right? Like, yeah. th- this is not advanced football. And and if yeah. a guy is getting four and a half sacks, at some point you have to ask, what are you doing to help out your players? because Jason Peters is a is a proud person, right? Like, I'm sure that he takes pride in his game. I'm sure he came back to do this, like, because he loves the game of football. He doesn't want to get whipped by this, you know, this guy. He, he wants help, right? Like, he yeah. doesn't want to have four and a half sacks. You know, here's the other thing. I'll twist it around. The Browns should have been doing something to slow down Robert Quinn. Because, again, Robert Quinn probably should have had four sacks. Yeah. And they didn't. But like, because he didn't finish them off Matt got one, he whiffed on one Baker juked him out of a, a, what could have been another sack. Right. I mean, I'm we're talking, cause I think he got one and a half credited. I, I think he probably could have had three to himself, maybe At four, least, yeah. you know, and, and so the Browns probably should have been doing something a little different to, to stop that speed rush. Cause he was just going around the edge and, you know, Baker can step up or whatever, but like he was still getting home a lot of the game. The Browns probably should have done it. We could criticize them for not doing the same thing. The difference is Robert Quinn is, you know, looks like he's having a nice year and he maybe he'll be a good player. Miles Garrett's going to potentially win the defensive player of the year. Yeah. Like you have to treat him like you treat Aaron Donald, like other teams treat Khalil Mack, where they where they scheme for him, where they worry about him and not just be like, all right, Jason Peters, take him, go for it.
1: Matt Nagy talked about how they moved Garrett up and down the line. And, and that's something they were expecting you know, if that's the case, and they didn't seem like it because you know when 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 he kicks in, in the tackle and he's going against James Daniels, you still got to have a I running dig back. That. I think that a lot has it's to not- still be back there, understanding that he's probably going to beat James Daniels and Sam Musfer and Cody White here at, at some point. It's going to happen because he is just he's that dude. I mean, he's he is just a a mammoth dude. He's strong. He's quick. He's the total package as a defender. And the Bears didn't seem to care. Wherever he was, he just was one on one. Wherever he was on the whole, the whole team.
0: Matt Nagy, stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then on the other side of this, again, the segment that's sweeping Bears Nation. We'll get into it. Three Bears. Stick with us.
1: I want to tell you guys about a fun game called Thrive Fantasy, which combines the fun of Daily Fantasy Sports and the rush of making prop bets. And what it is, it's a Daily Fantasy Sports and Esports app for player props, so you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that will have the biggest impact in every game. Here's how it works. You'll choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup, and each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under, based on how likely it is to hit. Thrive has over 140 grand guaranteed prizes for NFL's Week One and has already awarded over four million dollars. And Thrive has a featured 100 grand guaranteed contest that just costs 20 bucks to enter, and first place will take home twenty thousand dollars. Just use our promo code Windy City when you sign up today, and you're going to get a hundred percent instant first deposit match up to hundred dollars. Free money is always good. Just download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Google Play Store, or go into the website www.thrivefantasy.com, and remember sign up with our promo code. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. a member FDSE.
0: All right, let's, we're back. So let's talk about the three bears. So everybody knows the concept too hot, too cold, just right. We're going to start off with the bear with the hot bowl of porridge. Since I'm leading off on this episode, my guy's Robert Quinn. I wanted to talk about how good he's looked based on how bad he looked last year. So obviously It seems as though the injury issues that we were worried about with Robert Quinn last year were in fact injury issues and they look like they're cleaned up. He looks fast. That speed rush is working. Now the thing about Robert Quinn, I don't know how much of a counter move he has. Um, He hasn't necessarily shown much, much in the counter, but like that speed rush is great. I mean, if you're going to be a one trick pony have that one trick be really nice and and that is what's happening right now with Robert Quinn. So you got to give him some credit. Again, I don't know why he kept bouncing off of Baker Baker Mayfield, or else his stats would have been insane. But because I have an over nine and a half sack bet on Khalil Mack this year, I'm happy that he gave at least one of those over to Mack. So yeah. like you know that was good. But I think you have to give him a little bit of love and a little bit of credit right now because he's playing really well. He's doing what Ryan Pace thought he could and should do when he gave him that big of a contract now probably not it's still not a good contract but no. you can now see a little bit of what ryan pace was thinking and bringing in a legitimate second pass rusher so they couldn't necessarily just scheme mac out of the game
1: you know i'll plug robert Schmitz's uh rule of three video that he did on quinn last year and that just it shows the the, the package of, of moves that quinn has and he and that is his top i mean he is a speed guy that that's his main his his main go to is just speed and he has that. I mean he has a really quick get off. You know his 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 technique is to beat you to the spot. And if he beats you to the spot with his hands with his feet, then he's then, then he has the bend to get around you. So yeah, Quinn has had a had a nice start to the year and he's making a lot of Bears fans you know forget about what happened last year.
0: Yeah, he was making Jedrick Wills sweat, I'll tell you that, because yeah. he was getting right by him. Wills is a good left tackle. I mean, yeah. maybe not elite, but like he's a good left tackle. So um that was a
1: that was a great effort out of him. What about you? Who who'd you have for the hot bowl of porridge? The hot, the hot for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh just similar to last week. I'm gonna go Jalen Johnson again. Okay uh, he only he only had three tackles this week. Uh, he didn't have the, the pick like he did a week ago. Uh but he was doing something that he hasn't done yet in his young career, and that is following Odell Beckham Jr. from the right to the left side. He wasn't taking him in the slot, but when he was on the right or the left boundary, he was matching up with him. And yeah, he gave up a couple of catches, but some of those catches that 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 on the sideline there were just ridiculously thrown, like beautiful back shoulder throws, You just can't cover. Yeah, you can't cover that. S- sometimes it happens. But Jalen Johnson, you know, he was close to a pick. You know, he, he's again, he's 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 physical in the run game. He's proven to be, you know, the CB one that the Bears need.
0: Yeah, I, he got his hands on that ball along the sidelines. I mean, he, yeah. he had to go up and get it. Yeah. Like, it was a very athletic catch. play. Yeah, don't know if he would have been able to keep his feet, Probably but not. he he bobbled. And then so then he started kind of drifting out. But, you know, pass breakup will take it. I don't know that you can just, oh, he dropped the intercept. Eh, you know, it was a great play. Yeah. It would have been an amazing play had he come down with it, um, you know, taking three points off the board. But, yeah, that's a good point. And coming into the game, I wasn't sure what to expect out of Odell Beckham. You know, he's coming off of an injury. It's his first action back. You know, he's not the player that he was years ago. And I was curious if Sean Desai was going to use Johnson to try to take out Beckham. He didn't have Jarvis Landry. And so, you know, the Browns were, you know, questionable as who their top receiving threat was. You know, um, when we when we talk to Dan Kadar last week on Bears Over Beers, you know, he mentioned that this is a team that throw likes to throw to their tight ends and likes to throw their running backs as much as they like to throw their wide receivers and so you know this might be an Austin Hooper game it might be a David Njoku game you know so he was kind of thinking it might go through the tight ends he wasn't expecting much out of Beckham i thought Beckham looked good like he looked like he was he was ready to come back he looked fresh and so i'm i'm, I'm i think it was a good decision to try to take out Beckham because he he was the guy that maybe was the biggest threat from a wide receiver standpoint so good Good call there, and uh, yes, Jalen Johnson looks
1: awesome. You know, you, you know awesome. The, the, the thing with Johnson is—is is I noticed last week is you know most defenses, if they don't have their guys, you know, uh, shadow the, the top guy, they usually have him playing on the defense's left, which is to match up against most right-handed quarterbacks. And Jalen Johnson is, is, of course, he lines up on the other side. So I was curious to see last week if they were going to do something like that because that's something he's never done. But the fact that he shows that versatility. You know that that's that's big for Sean DeSai's defense. If he knows that he can trust him to do that to shadow the top receiver, you know that opens things up for this defense.
0: Hey, do you think that's because he played opposite of Kyle Fuller last year, and so yeah. that's where he got used to?
1: Fuller was was the one, obviously, and that's where he played because mm-hmm. the, the Bears rarely you know the Bears rarely flip flop their guys. You know, this right. going going back years, they've always had the, the the best guy where where Fuller is, where where uh, Charles Tillman was. That's always been the side, and then you know Jalen Johnson starts off, of course, on, on the right side this year. I just thought, well, maybe that's just what, like you said, what he's used to. So that's his spot. But now that he shows the ability to kind of shadow, that's that's big. You know, I think that that shows him to be that, you know, he wants to be elite. If you do that, then yeah, that's a good step towards being elite.
0: Well, let's talk about the flip side of this, like the cold bear. And I think that there are so many to choose from that we could kind of take this segment and make it an hour long. We talked a lot about <laughs> this already. And, yeah. you know, I started listing like George McCaskey, Ryan Pace, <laughs> Matt Nagy, the entire offensive line, Cole Komet, right? I think you could keep going. And I think ultimately, ultimately, I want to put this loss equally on the leadership group of the Chicago Bears. I want to put it on George McCaskey. I want to put it on the accountant, Ted, whatever his name is, <laughs> that everybody seems to hate and want to put put, put in this group. I think he's. Serves a different function, but whatever. Everybody hates him. Um, I want to put it on Ryan Pace for all of the offensive line issues, for mismanaging this cap, for you know keeping Jimmy Graham so that he can play seven snaps staffs or whatever it is, it? right? Yeah. And you know three targets in three games, he prioritized Jimmy Graham over keeping Kyle Fuller over keeping Charles Leno, like unacceptable in my mind. And 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 ultimately Matt Nagy, an offensive guy who was in charge of one of the worst performances in team history. And I I, I want to talk more about players got to show up, players got to own it, blah, blah, blah. I really think this, this goes back to that leadership group that decided that they couldn't make a change back whenever that was after the Saints game, and they kept these guys on board.
1: This is that's their the, loss. That's the uh the the, the two-day collaboration sensation meeting they had there, right? That's what that was. They all decided they had to come back. Well, for me, my my cold bear, I'm I'm in the same vein as you. I was gonna ask you if we're allowed to pick non-players, I wasn't sure if we had the rules here, but but for me, it's Matt Nagy, you know, that the game plan he had was inexcusable. You know, I just think that again, I, I never expected the Bears to win this game. I thought the Browns were just was were were much better of a team, you know, top to bottom. Justin Fields' first start. Rookie quarterbacks usually struggle in that first start. I just didn't think there would be any way the Bears could win this game. But Matt Nagy did not help them one iota. He he did nothing. It was just inexcusable. You know, it was a fireable offense. That game plan, it was just, you know, like how can he go back and look at his players and, and, and know that, you know, that's the best I came up with? I, I, I don't know.
0: I think he's had three bad game plans. So like, I think that this is maybe the straw that broke the camel's back. Camels back. But I also I want to give like like a just like a little extra shout out to uh, on the cold side of things to to Eddie Jackson. Um, Eddie Jackson flexing along the sidelines after Odell took a reverse and got a first down on it and Eddie kind of bumped him on the way out of bounds. And then it wasn't even a big hit. And it's like. What is that? One, they got a first down, and two, like you basically just met him at the sideline, and yeah. then Eddie Jackson misses Kareem Hunt on a on a on a touchdown run where Kareem Hunt was dead to rights by Deion Bush. Should have been a three yard stand. Kareem Hunt's a very good back, Deion Bush, backup safety, but dead to rights missed the tackle, and then Eddie Jackson absolutely whiffs on. And then, what does Eddie Jackson do late game? Is he a little, I don't know, Us hip toss, whatever you call it, on David yeah. and Joku, into a guy that's there on the side holding the chains and him. And they had to stop the game action. Jackson, so getting blocked out of a throws a brown to the chain gang guy. Like, Eddie, like, what are doing? Like, game, just, he's just not there. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm sending Eddie Jackson. The
1: the 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 coolest thing about the 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 flex in the sideline was, you know, I, I thought maybe the ref would throw the taunting flag, but even the ref said that was that was <laughs> pathetic, a taunt on a hit like that. I'm not gonna flag you for that. Wasn't
0: even a good enough. Get the taunt. hell out of here like, with you, that. You don't have enough to celebrate flex. there. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Just right. I've got
0: <laughs> I've got maybe the saddest just right here, but. Uh-oh. I want to talk about it a little bit because i think that he deserves a little bit of credit and that is pat o'donnell oh i love it i
1: love it okay
0: yeah i I know it look it's sad if you're going to highlight a punter and i get that and that's what that kind of game was but (laughs) pat o'donnell seven punts averaged 57 yards a punt and he did everything he could to try to flip the field and try to give that bears defense you know, uh, Brown's offense, bad starting field position, and and put that defense in a position to succeed. And we just don't see enough, you know, talk about when a punter does good things. We only talk about them when they do bad things, right? So giving a little bit of love to the longtime punter of the Chicago Bears, Pat O'Donnell.
1: I like it. I've always been a fan of O'Donnell. He's a guy that came with a really, really big leg, and he's learned how to be a good directional punter. I don't think he had any punts inside of 20 this week but that's partly because of the Bears had no field position to work <laughs> no, you with. No, just got to so, lo- let it yeah. loose. Got to let it fly, huh? For me, my just right bear, I'm going to go Roquan Smith. You know, I think Roquan's at a point now where, you know, we expect him to be good every week, and, and he was. I mean, he had nine tackles. He was solid in coverage. You know, he was going sideline to sideline against the run. You know, so uh, he, we're going to get the, the 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 splash plays from him, him on occasion, you know, but I think he's at that type of a play now. He's at that level where – we should always expect him to be right around 10 tackles to always you know have, have some nice plays here. He is just that guy that's making this push for all pro and it's it's going to suck if the bears are bad again this year and then the defense starts slipping because then he won't get the recognition. If the bears are just going to be just a little a little a little better than last year. That that was that was our hope, you know, the offense be a little better, keep the D off the field a, a little bit and then let Roquan do Roquan things. So I hope he gets his recognition at the end of the year because he's playing really good football.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's great. And I, I mean, you got bright spots; you got to talk about them. Because again, trying to be balanced here, <laughs> I know this was a negative show for the most part, but uh, there there were some good. We players. talked There's about the punter. That's great. I, hey, man, you know I love I'm, it. I'm digging. But just want to before we get out of here, talk about what else is going on uh, on the website. What else is going on with other podcasts? Obviously. Check out Lester's T Formation conversation on Friday nights. Um, Hopefully, we will get Bears Over Beers up in your podcast uh, app on Friday morning. Who's your guest
1: this week? Who, is it lined I, up yet? I, I,
0: I cannot. I cannot reveal that yet. But I love say it. Yeah, it's that it is a teaser. It's a really good guest and it's a very interesting guest who is a big in the community it happens to be a lions fan it's not a lions beat writer right so it's it's a it is a it is a excellent guest that that ej snyder has lined up um and again this is a promise to number one bears fan my mom that i will get the podcast in on friday morning (laughs) so that i don't get an angry text from her that says where is the podcast i can't find it but um 10 thoughts coming out on tuesday for me we'll have something with stats on wednesday what about you Lester?
1: uh sack watch i'm gonna have to get to work on sack watch probably tonight and i'll, I'll, I'll do it again tomorrow night and you know my my, my goal always is to shoot for an 11 a.m spot on wednesday i was late last week because of some other things but this week i'm gonna be late i have a feeling just because of because of nine freaking sacks
0: yeah i think that's gonna take a while We decided to do this one live and maybe we will do more of those in the future. If you guys like that, if you guys would like to join us on Monday evenings to talk about the previous game, maybe vent a little bit in the comments, please keep that somewhat clean. Uh, But we would be happy to have you over in the YouTube page. It's bears over beers, YouTube page. Um, We're so going live right now. So that's, that's fun. If you guys want to join us for that, if not, you know, keep finding us in your, in your podcast. Uh, app or however you listen to audio content. Um, otherwise, thanks for joining us. Any final thoughts on this terrible game?
1: I just want to get this sack watch over with and never think about this game ever again. Ever. For-
0: fortunately, because it was Fields' this first start, I feel like it's going to keep coming back for yeah, a while. Yeah. But yes, let's let's put this one behind us. So, thanks for joining us uh, until next week. Bear down. Bye.